Amen. Thank you very much. Pray for my son and his wife. They're headed to Georgia Christmas. And I told them to be sure to stop in and vote on their way through. <laughs> he said, now, Daddy, you're trying to get me in trouble. But anyhow, just uh, keep him in prayer, if you would, please. I was thinking about the message for tonight, being this right here at Christmas time. And tomorrow night, <clears throat> I guess we'll have between 30 and 35 down in the house, all of the grandkids and kids. And, and I don't know who all them kids are come to over to our house. <laughs> we got a bunch of them. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I laughed at my little grand, great-grandson who got saved and baptized Sunday. He come in the house for Sunday dinner. Uh, after church, they came down to the house for dinner. And he walked in and he looked around. I've been here before. <laughs> I was two years old. I was, what is he, seven, I think. But he remembered everything in there. But uh, we've got a bunch of them. We're looking forward to it and getting out gifts and just being with family. And, and uh, I thought about the wonderful gifts that God had given us. And so I would like to read you something, if we would please. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and I'd like to begin to read in verse 22. John chapter 10, verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in a temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man has ever plucked them out of my Father's hand. I am my Father a one. Heavenly Father, we ask you tonight to bless the study and reading of thy word to each one that hears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I said, I was as I read this portion of scripture, I thought about he said I give unto them eternal life. And I was thinking about the great gifts that God gives us. Amen? And in uh, this one verse, and I believe this is the greatest gift of all, is that God give His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Savior. John 3.16 uh, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Uh, and so I thank God that He gave us His Son to be our Savior, number one. And I've had the privilege and many, many people over the years of seeing them come to the knowledge of Jesus as their Savior by that simple uh, truth. And I've, every time I've tried to explain to them, you can't work for salvation, that God gives you salvation. Amen? And it's a gift of God, not a works, lest any man should boast. And so, number one, I thank God for His great gift of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, God gave us eternal life. 
in his Son. John 17, verse 2, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. In John 10, verse 26, uh, 28 says, I give unto them eternal life. And uh, you think about any sane thinking person knows uh, this is not all there are to life. You know, uh, we live to a certain age, people die, and, and I never will forget my old cousin one time, he told me when I first got saved, I was witness to him, he said, oh, I don't believe all that stuff. I believe when I die, just put me out there in the grave and that's the end of me. No, it ain't. Any decent, any sane thinking person knows there's something after this life. Amen? And it's a wonderful truth. And when you think about it, that God gives us eternal life. In other words, then I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. No one has ever... Uh, been annihilated. Everyone uh, lives somewhere uh, forever. The Bible calls living in heaven with Jesus Christ eternal life. Living joyfully, peacefully, gloriously in the presence of Almighty God forever. Now, but some will not go to heaven. The Bible calls hell and all that they go there eternal death or dying eternally. So I thank God for eternal life, for not eternal death. Amen? And every time I think about it, I thank God that I have eternal life, and I'm looking forward to that. Number three, God gave us eternal, His eternal Word, the Bible. I was reading and studying the other day, and, and I believe that one thing is we're going to see in heaven is this old book, the Word of God. Because the Bible been, many times says everlasting Word. In John 17, verse 8 and 14, I give unto them thy word. There's no other book like the Bible. I got several books that, that I study out of and I read, and, and I thank God for those books, but nothing takes the place of the Bible. It's the, by the Bible that I got saved. It's by the Bible I live daily. It's by the Bible I get peace in hard times. It's by the Bible. I learn how to be successful in this world. I, I talk to a lot of young people, and they're always concerned about uh, what what can I do to be successful. And I tell them every time, and I believe it's true, live by this book and you'll be successful. Amen? And this book tells us how. Now, I don't know how I could ever live in this crooked and perverse world if it wasn't for the Word of God. And I thank God every day of my life for His gift to us of His Word. And fourthly, God gives us peace. In John 14, verse 27, said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. I was talking to someone the other day, and they told me uh, how afraid they were to die. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm afraid to live this day and time, amen? Just from day to day, uh, there's fear that enters our minds and enters our spirits sometimes just trying to get through this world. But you know what? Every time, God's right there to give us peace. And that's a gift of God. Turn over to Romans chapter 5 a minute. Romans chapter 5. Let me read you just a portion of Scripture. In Romans chapter 5, and uh, I want to read in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we go in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patient, patient experience, experience hope, and hope making not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die peradventure. For a good man, some wouldn't even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And I thank God for this every day of my life. I, I talk to people all the time. They go to psychiatrists. They go. They look for somebody to take their troubles off of them, uh, to listen to them going through hard times. And you know what I learned a long time? I take my troubles to the Lord. Amen. And every time I do, He always I walk away with peace. Peace. I don't care what's going on. God can give you peace through it, and it's a perfect peace that God gives. God gives us faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Now the things of God are hard to believe sometimes. I, I read things in the Bible, and, and I never will forget. <laughs> and I won't say what this little boy in kindergarten said, but my daughter was teaching kindergarten, and she said uh, that uh, Jonah, the whale swallowed Jonah, and uh, he accepted that a little bit, and, and uh, then he said that the flood came, and he accepted that, and, and he said, and a little boy named David took a little stone and a slingshot and killed a great big giant. And that little boy sat there, and he looked at Cheryl, and he said, ah, and said something, and he, he, he'd had enough, you know. He, <laughs> he'd plead all the rest of it. He couldn't believe that little boy done killed that giant. <laughs> he'd had enough. But you know what? The only way you'll believe it is by faith. Amen. And David said that he, he come to that giant through his God. God guarded that, guided that stone. Amen. And killed that giant. And I believe it. I love to sit down and read the, the impossible stories in the Bible. And they are impossible as far as we're concerned. But I accept them by faith. When Moses parted the water, how would you like to have been there that day? I've thought about this a many times. Uh, here's an army coming behind them and the mountains on both sides and the water in front of them and, and they're coming to kill them and, and God said, go ahead through the water. You know, I told Moses, you go ahead. If it works for you, you got to come on. <laughs> no, it took faith to walk into that water. Amen? And you just think about it a minute. How would you like to be walking through that pile of water on both sides of you? And yet the Bible said it really happened. And I accept it by faith. I thank God I got enough faith to believe whatever the Bible says. If the Bible said it, I don't have no trouble believing. God, yeah, that's a gift of God. These things are hard to believe. Someone would say they sure takes a lot of faith to believe all that the Bible says. And you know what I say about that? Yeah, it does. But I thank God He gave me that faith to believe hard things are possible. You know, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. And I go to hospitals and people are sick and I had doctors and many of them stand out in the hall and say, Preacher, I'm glad you're here because now it's up to you. And what they're saying is, you need to pray. 
Well, wait a minute. That should have been done first. Amen? But I do believe God still answers prayer. And I don't believe there's any case too hard for God to take care of. I just believe it. And God gives us the gift of the church. You know what? I am uh, talking to Penny here a while back. And she was, you know, they haven't been able to come to church because one of them gets sick in the hospital and get home and then they get sick. And Alvin's in the hospital right now and, and they're having a hard time. But she said, preaching the church means so much to me in Alvin. And the people at church have been so kind to us. And, and she went talking about the church. You know how many times I've heard that since I've been pastor? What the church means to the people of the church. I don't know how people do without the church. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about the people of the church. Uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. It means everything. Now turn over to Luke, I mean Matthew chapter 16 for just a minute. Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> I want to begin reading verse 13, please. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says to them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are I, thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I've heard preachers all... I got books on it, and I've heard preachers preach it. And, uh, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon what? Uh, on Peter. No, he didn't. He said in verse 16, I'm going to build my church upon thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? The saying that Peter said, not Peter himself. And what I'm trying to say is, thank God for the church. Amen? And uh, everything the church means to us today. I, I talk to people all the time. It's so thankful just being at church. Uh, again, 1 Corinthians. Let me let me read you another portion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And look with me in verse 1 and verse 2. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sothenes, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both they, theirs and ours. Now, if there's one thing that I'll stop somebody from doing, that's talking to me about a church. And now there's all kind of churches out there. And I know, because I, I know what the Bible teaches, and everybody asks me all the time, well, Pastor, what church is right? And I always come back with this answer. The one that goes by this book. It doesn't matter if they're Baptist, Church of Christ, or whatever. That's not the point. If they go by this book, that's the church of God. That's God's church. Amen? And I have had and and I've heard people talking about their pastors and, and what the trouble is going on in the church. And let me and I one time I was dealing with one person 
And they said, but they, I don't go to church. I said, why? Well, there are a bunch of hypocrites in the church. I said, do you go down to First National Bank? Do business there? They said, well, yeah. I said, you're a hypocrite. There's a bunch of hypocrites down there. They don't all like First National Bank. Amen? I got news for you. They might be hypocrites in the church, and they might be backbiters, and they might be all kind of people in the church. But, brother, let me tell you something. It's still the church of God. And there's nothing like it on the face of this earth except the family. The family comes first, the church, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and His church. Amen? And there's nothing like the church. Why do you think that the devil is fighting the church all across America? Not just America, but all across the world right now with this pandemic. He's using this thing to fight the church. You know why? That's where we get our blessings from. I... You might not need me, but I need you. And by the way, you need me. Amen? We need one another. We need brothers and sisters in Christ. I got three brothers, but I don't don't know, I never have a fellowship with them that I do with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Ever since I've been saved, I've had more fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ They've been there when I needed them. They've helped us, me and my wife, and we've been a blessing to people in the church, and there's nothing like it on the face of God's earth to me than God's church. And how He he builds it up, how He supports it, it's amazing to me. I remember when God called me to preach, and God called me to start this church, and I didn't didn't have no idea how to go about it. didn't know anything about it. And we just, I come here and walk this piece of property from one end to the other. I nailed right about where this pulpit is now on a naked piece of ground and prayed. And God worked everything out. Did you know there's a little lady in uh, Oklahoma, I believe it was, a Missouri one. I can't remember right now, but she owned this piece of property. And I found out about it. She wanted $55,000 for this five acres of land. That was a lot of money back then. And uh, I said, well, I can get that up. That ain't no problem. And I called her and, and uh, talking to her, and I said, look, I'm going to buy that piece of property. She said, now, Pastor, I got that piece of property sold uh, uh, or, or, or uh, uh, contract on it, but if you get up to $55,000 cash by <clears throat> Saturday morning, I'd rather you have it. I said, I'll get that, no problem. I couldn't get $55,000, know where I went. The bank wouldn't loan us no money. Uh, there wasn't nobody, and we couldn't get it up. And as a man came to me, one of our men, he said, Now, preacher, don't do anything before Saturday morning. I'll be back. I'm going to Georgia. And uh, I said, well, I didn't tell him, but I said, there ain't nothing I can do. <laughs> Amen. But he left, and he came back, and he brought me a paper bag. And it's full of money. <laughs> I didn't ask him where he got it. All right? I don't know if he robbed the bank or what he did, but he brought it back. We bought this piece of property, and God helped us get it. And when it came to building the building and, and paying off the property and everything, we went and asked this man or talked to this man. He let me have $175,000 on a handshake. We built this building and paid off our property with that. And then we ended up paying all of that off. And you know, that's, that's a miracle of God. And let me tell you something. You go back to every Bible-believing church, and it all comes down to one thing. 
the people that God sends. I didn't know who was going to play the piano. I didn't know who was going to take up the offering. I didn't even know if there was anybody going to come. We prayed. Me and my wife prayed the first night, Saturday night, that we were going to have church. I said, Lord, we rented a little civic center in Temple Terrace because I knew God called us down here, but that's the only place we had. And you know how many, what it was, 123 people came? I think that Sunday had a $10,000 offering. The first service. And I said, Lord must be in it. Amen. And, and, and what I'm trying to say, it isn't, the, it isn't the pews, it isn't the building, it's the people. And you get to love them as your own brothers and sisters in Christ. And let me tell you something, God gave us eternal life. God gave us peace. And God gave us His only begotten Son. But God also gave us the church. And I'm so thankful for God, for the church, and God's people. And it's a miracle how it works. The very people that you think that God's going to use to serve the Lord is not the ones God uses. It's always somebody else that God touches their heart to get it done. Amen? And I'm so amazed at it every time, but I'm so thankful. I'm glad that God gives us sweet gifts, aren't you? And you think about your family. And I'm, I'm so thankful that all my kids and grandkids want to come over to Papa and Mimo's home. You know why? We love them and we show it. And by the way, if there's one thing you need to do is tell your kids and your family, I love you. Don't, don't come to this thing at the end of your life and say, well, they ought have known I love them. No, tell them. Tell them. It won't hurt you to say I love you. Man, I grab my one of mine and I can get a hold of And you know what? All our kids is kids is kids are kids. And they get around and they play with one another's little babies, one another like they're their own. And there ain't no fussing and fighting and carrying on. That's a family. And I thank God for my family in this time of year. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're, we're a thankful people tonight. And we got so much when we stop and just concentrate a minute on you and how good you've been to us, how much we got to be thankful for. Your sweet gifts that you've given us. Father, I love my family. I love my kids. I love my friends. I love the ones that love me back and and I love them. And, And Father, they're gifts from you and I don't take that for granted. And I want to thank you tonight for each one of them. And Father, I pray that you'll bless us tonight as your people. Be with us and our families as we celebrate around Christmas time with our families and exchange gifts and help us to remember the greatest gift of all that you gave us, and that's salvation in your Son and our Savior, Lord Jesus. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.